0: I really want God to help you. I, 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 we're in the middle of a 40 days of prayer. And for those of you who are doing that and you have your prayer request, even if you're, you're not doing the 40 days of prayer, but you have your prayer request, I, I just so much want God to hear you, to help you, to intervene, to bring breakthrough, to, to answer your prayer in an obvious way, quickly. And so I'm going to start by blessing you. I, I bless you all in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully. I I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. I, I bless you to receive the guidance from God that you need. I bless you to receive the help from God that you need. I bless you to flourish and prevail in whatever challenges you're facing right now in your life. And whatever's going on, I bless you to feel peace, to feel love, to feel hope, to feel joy. I bless you with that. That is all the things I want for you and more. In Jesus' name, may it be. All right. Welcome back to our autumn series. We are going to primarily focus this autumn on the year that uh, God's people spent with God at Mount Sinai, or at least in that general area, we're gonna learn a lot about what God is like and how He revealed Himself to, to this people at Mount Sinai in one of the most extraordinary years ever. Where the nation was able to see uh, God or, or hear His voice or, or just be aware of His presence in a unique way. Where the foundations of their, of their worshiping of God were established. Just, just seeing this extraordinary, um, this, uh, this extraordinary era of God for, for, for basically a year. Mount Sinai is the ancient spiritual significant place for the nation. The spiritual significant place. I don't know if you have an ancient spiritual significant place. I do. I do uh, Lakeside Bible Camp on Woodby Island. It's not where I gave my life to Jesus. It's also not like I've had other very significant places, times with Jesus in. in since then. But for me, Lakeside Bible Camp was that era where God was laying down extremely significant spiritual foundations in my life as I'm growing up and summer after summer. Profoundly spiritually powerful in those forming years for God's people, even though, you know, God called Abraham years, years before that. And, and there's going to have other spiritually significant times and even spiritually significant locations, such as like Jerusalem, quite a big deal. When they look back, this mountain and their time at this mountain is so foundational. It is their ancient spiritual place. Uh, it's it's where they met with God. They heard his voice. It's where they built the Ark of the Covenant. The Covenant. covenant, covenant. It's, it's where they built the tabernacle of God. Of God. Of you know, it's 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 where they pra- they, they started developing the, their their worship experience, where they heard from God the commands of God and how He wants to be worshipped by this nation of people, and and where all of that gets established in this year around around this particular mountain. In the future, when when people find themselves maybe lost, they'll they'll go back and try and. Meet with God back in, in this place, like Elijah. Maybe he's the only example. Maybe there's another one with Paul, but like Elijah, definitely when he when he's fallen apart and Jezebel is hunting him, he flees and he has a powerful uh, a powerful encounter with God here on this mountain, Mount Sinai. Maybe Paul the apostle in Galatians one, and chapter four. Maybe he goes down to this mountain um, and spends time after he meets Jesus and after his his his. Uh, understanding of the God of the Bible is shifting around Jesus whom he met on the road to Damascus. He might have spent time there. But but this autumn we're going to learn about this place. We're going to learn about this place and we're going to see how God instructs his people, how he meets with his people, how he reveals himself to his people, the lessons that he has for his people in this most formative of moments in, in their nation's history. There's nothing like looking back At what God has taught us in the the past to keep us steady as we try and figure out our path forward. Through through weird days, through strange days, through new days, through unusual days. So we're going to look back so that we can have that that guidance as we we look forward. Okay. We're going to be picking up uh, near Mount Sinai in our study. We're not quite there yet. Uh, We're going to get there, but we're not quite there yet. Before this moment, though, God's people have crossed the Red Sea. It parted. They crossed through on on dry ground. uh, According to the Psalms, a pathway nobody knew was there. And then when the Egyptians tried to cross the Red Sea, it closed up over them. And uh, that was um, great for God's people. Uh, Now they're not in much of a rush anymore, having crossed the Red Sea and having the Egyptians be drowned. They are now journeying by stages over a couple month period of time towards the mountain of God, Mount Horeb or or also called Mount Sinai. Um, We're picking up in chapter 17 tonight. Uh, Again, the nation is not yet at the mountain, but uh, God's going to be sending Moses and the elders ahead. To to go ahead towards uh, Mount Horeb, towards the mountain of God. That's where we're going to pick up. I'm just going to read the seven verses that we're going to cover today uh, in Exodus chapter 17. And and here's here's what what we read. It says, the entire Israelite community left the wilderness of sin moving from one place to the next according to Yahweh's command, or the Lord's command. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So the people complained to Moses, give us water to drink. Uh, Why are you complaining to me, Moses replied to them? Why are you testing Yahweh or why are you testing the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you ever bring us up from Egypt to kill us? and our children, and our livestock, with thirst. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? In a little while they will stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go on ahead of the people, and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take the staff you struck the Nile with in your hand, and go, I am going to stand there in front of you. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to stand there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. When you hit the rock, water will come out of it and the people will drink. Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites complained. And because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord... Among us or not? And that's the key question. That, that is the pivotal question of this moment. Is the Lord with, with us or not? That is probably a question that you have asked uh, yourselves or, or, or God. Like, God, are you with me? Are you with Jesus? Are you with me in this moment or not? Especially the challenging moments of life. God, are you with me? Jesus, are you with me? So that's, that's the question that the, the story is revolving around today. Before we get to that question, uh, I want to look at the context first. Um, we're going to look at Google, Google Earth, a Google Earth, uh, a map that, I don't know if you call it a map, but a picture from from Google Earth where, where this is taking place. Now, I've said, if you were ever listening, that there was two <laughs> paths through the Red Sea, and we, we talked about them previously, um, the closer you get, though, to Mount Sinai, the, you know, obviously they are going to the same location, so the, the locations get more and more consistent. We are now getting very close to Mount Sinai in our study. Um, the, uh, most people would say that that, the origi- that that the real Mount Sinai is called Jabal al-Lawz, and I've underlined that on Google Earth there technically 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 it's not actually jabel el laws although that's the biggest peak in the area it's kind of like it's the jabel el laws area the range it's 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 el laws is the largest peak there or peak there um, the actual mountain is called Jebel Makla, and that's the red square there. Very close together. We're kind of zoomed in on, on Google Earth. It's not it's not massive distances. They're right next to each other. But yeah, so, and, and actually, maybe that's why the Bible gives us two names back and forth. It's Mount Horeb. It's Mount Sinai. It's Mount Sinai. It's Mount, Sinai. It's Mount Horeb. It's Mount, wait, wait, maybe it's because we're talking about the, the main peak of this area, Jebel Laws versus Jebel Makla. Like, that. that could be very likely what's going on there. So um, that's where we're going. We're going to the Red Square. That's where the people are heading. Currently on this picture, they're in the blue circle. They're, they're, they're getting close. They can't go straight there. There's a mountain race there. They're going to go around, around the top and, and around down the other side. But they're, they're there at that um, campsite at Refidim. That's where they're complaining. That's blue. Uh, we're complaining. Uh, the green circle there at the top, where they're going to be going around, very near Jabal al-Lawz, is where the rock is, the split rock. Okay, whoa, Ingraham, how do you know this? How, how, how do you know that this is, is where it is? Okay, well, starting with the Bible, this is what the Bible tells us about this rock, where the water comes out of. Number one, it is not at the campsite at Rephidim. Right, it's not at the blue circle. It's it, they're, they're supposed to leave the people behind. El, Moses and the elders, and they're supposed to go on ahead to Mount Horeb, or Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb. They're supposed to go on ahead. And, and okay, so it's not there. There, we also know according to the Bible in that passage, there, there's an exact rock. There is an exact rock. There is an exact location there, that God is sending Moses and the elders to. Again, this isn't this isn't like um, hey, just hit a rock wherever you're. You guys are thirsty, okay? Boom, there's water. You know, God has a specific rock out there by the mountain... For, th- for uh, them to go to. And it's not where they're at. Again, this is a lot like the Red Sea Crossing. The Red Sea Crossing, I want you to go to this exact campsite. Between here and there, across from here. God had a very specific place where he wanted that miracle to take place. In the same way with this story, with the water from I have one rock in mind. I want you to go and hit a particular rock. I'm going to stand on it, okay? So there, there's, a, there's an exact rock out there. Thirdly, this rock is super obvious, it's super obvious. God says, I am going to stand in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Well, there's lots of rocks, right? There's lots of rocks. But there is a rock that is so obvious, it's the obvious one. Okay? I'm going to stand on the, you know the rock at Horeb? The rock, you know the rock. The rock, right? That's where I want you, there's a particular one there. It's, it's obvious. And fourthly, we know the rock is split. God splits the rock the moment Moses strikes the rock and and, and water gushes out. Isaiah writes about this, uh, among other places. It It says in Isaiah 48, they did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made water flow from the rock for them. He split the rock and water gushed out. He split the rock. So, the obvious question is, at Mount Horeb, at Mount Sinai, is there a super obvious Could not be any other rock near Mount Sinai that is split and has evidence of water having gushed out of it. Yes, I wouldn't have set you up (laughs) if if, if there wasn't such a a rock. Let me show you a picture of it. This is the split rock at Horeb. I'll tell you about it. The rock is massive. It stands above the the plain. Can you see Joel down here? Joel? Joel, that's, that's, that's Joel here. He's standing there at the base. Uh, it stands 60 feet up from the floor, of the, from, the, from the valley floor here. 60 feet up. This is 35 and a half feet, the ceiling here. 35 and a half feet. And why I know that is because it's six inches higher than south side ceiling. <laughs> so so th- 35, and a- 35 and a half feet here. Uh, that's 60 feet. So a significant, significant thing. And obviously you can see the rock. There's a rock pile, but there is a rock that is clearly standing up on top of the pile. Like this obvious, obvious rock. You can also see it's split right down the middle. Perfectly split right down the middle. How wide is it a split? A, one person can walk through it. A, a person can walk through it, not two, but but one person can walk right through it. Perfectly straight, um, uh, clear split. Also of great significance is the fact that on both sides of the split of the rock, going down the the rock piles, it's there's clear and obvious marks of water erosion. Water erosion, just having just poured down uh, from from the split in the rock on both sides and and the, and the water erosion it goes down and it, we're kind of Joel's standing there's there, there's an obvious ancient um, lake bed like clear, there's clear evidence that water had filled this this big basin area where where the water rushed down and filled in which is great if you're God's people you've got a million a couple million people and they're, they're not having to go to the well. That would be awful. They just go to the this, this shore. They can drink the water. There are animals, millions of animals, uh, a lot more than people are able to come and, and drink here. Uh, but yeah, the, the evidence of, of this, the water rushing out from this... There's there's only a half inch of rainfall a year in this area, right? There's no flash flood going down from the rock. right? It's, it's, it's just not... And yet, the, the evidence is that there, there's just been a rush of water going down from this rock. Also, there appears to be man-made dug channels, ditches, that, that go from the rock towards where the, to the campsite where the, where the Hebrews would have been. Like they're they're uh, digging canals for, for the water to come to, to their, their campsite. If you haven't done it yet, get a picture of this. Get a picture of this. Why? Because this rock tells you something that you need to know today about God. I would take a picture of this rock, this, this, uh, hi Joel, here we go, that's good, that's that's quite a rock, it tells you something you you need to know today about God, about God and what He's like, what do you need to know about God, connected to the the, the testimony of the split rock at Horeb, I'll, 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 uh, I'll back up and. And we'll set it up. And we'll look at our, our passage again. I'll just remind you of what I read in chapter 17. The context leading up to this split rock is misery. <laughs> it says in, in verse 1, there is no water. There was no water for the people to drink at, at their campsite. The people are genuinely miserable. That's where the story Genuinely miserable. No water is bad. But for, for, for so many uh, days, for many days of no water, that is very bad. Especially if you're on one of the hottest places on the planet. This is a place where nobody lives because there's no water. Like it's, it's, it's hot and it's, it's drier than most locations on planet earth. This, this is just one of those places. There's no water for you. There's no water for your kids. Your kids are crying. They're, they're dehydrated. They're suffering. They're they're like they're not in good place. Uh, th- there's no water for the elderly. The elderly are suffering. The grandparents are suffering, and, and great grandparents are suffering, and they're 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 dehydrated and they're miserable and they're weak. There's no water for the animals. The animals. Um, that's that's your. That's pretty much all you got. You you got your animals in your tent, and uh, but your, your animals are are suffering. They're, they're, they don't look like they're gonna make it, and you're dehydrated. You're dehydrated, you're feeling awful. You're not in your right mind. The sun is beating down on you and, and you, you have no water. Probably the only reason they're still alive is because they're drinking, you know, animal milk a bit. Uh, but but you know, the animals need to drink. They're, they're, they're needing some some stuff here. They are miserable. They're miserable. And what do they do? They complained. They complained. And, and listen to their complaint, but I'm gonna read it, and I want you to. Have compassion. I want you to, to feel to feel their misery, to, their, their genuine fears. Their are genuine fears here. Verse three. Why, why did you ever bring us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock? with thirst okay th- th- they are miserable. They- they're miserable di- they're they're dehydrated if they don't get water soon they are going to die their kids are going to die Their animals are going to die. If they don't, this is not just like grumbling out of, ah, I'm so thirsty. I just, I just need, uh, I am brute. Yeah, I want something. They're they're not being picky. They're not like, they're they're not just like, I'm feeling thirsty. It's like, they are going to die. Everyone, if they don't get water, they are are miserable. This is not how they feel. This is a fact. The things we complain about, right? Was just, there was so many, we're, we're so good at complaining about things. You know, God, please give me a spouse or, or I'm going to die. Or, God, why'd you give me this spouse? I'm going to die. You know, like, <laughs> like, we'll just come up with anything. Um, no, no elbow nudging. Anyways, so uh, you, you've got that, you got things we complain about. But their complaint and their misery, their their misery is is like a thousand times more severe and 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 desperate than anything I've ever experienced in my life. Before we go, shame, shame, you complained. You know, like we know that that's not okay to complain. Um, says all of us who complain, right? Uh, we, we're like, oh, you, shame, shame, you complained. No, I guarantee you, you have never, um, you've never complained to God about anything, that was. Not a smaller issue compared to what these guys are complaining about. It's a big deal. Story goes, at verse 5, uh, Moses goes ahead to the rock, but at the end of verse 7, again, the heart of the story, the, their question and what they tested God with, they tested God by, by proposing or by saying, is the Lord among us or not? Is the Lord among us or not? Picture of the rock again. When you look at this rock, this rock is to be for you the answer to the question, is God really among you or not? Is God really with you or not? If you have given your life to Jesus, the answer to the question, is God really with me, is always, always yes. You, you you are to never doubt that one anymore. Look at the one. Is God with you? Have you given your life to Jesus? Yes, you are in Christ. You are a new creation. You have the Holy Spirit of God in you permanently as a seal and guarantee of your salvation. You have God's presence in you in a permanent way if you are in Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus. Jesus is with God is with you. It is insulting to your Savior, to even to even doubt that He is with you. He is as close to you as it is possible to be. You are in Christ. You are in Christ. Okay? Yes, God is with you. Looking back over the pages of the Bible leading up to this story here, you can be like, people, uh, Hebrews, why would you ever doubt that God is with you? What has happened in the last 90 days? In the last 90 days, in the very least, has been the 10th plague where the, all the all the firstborn of Egypt die and you all marched out of Egypt in order, um, free from slavery uh, and, and you marched out, yeah, you mar- like that was within the last 90 days and you're asking is God with you or not, not only that you marched down to the Red Sea and although you were afraid, the Red Sea opened up and you walked on through the Red Sea and then the Egyptians tried that and they died and you're asking is God with you or not not only that, is uh, previous to this chapter here, God has started providing for you bread from heaven heaven every day. It's called manna. Every morning, except for on the Sabbath, you are being miraculously fed from God. And you're asking the question, is God really with us? Is God really among us or not? How could they say that? Well, I think you know, if you've ever been there, if you're at misery blinds our memory B- misery blinds our memories misery suffering fear hurt, hurting when you, when you they're looking at their children who are gonna die they're looking at all their st- their st- their animals their their only resource and, th- and their, their animals are gonna die they're, they're gonna lose everything that they that they, they care about unless God intervenes quickly and miraculously in a way that they can't perceive ever happening uh, th- the, the fear, it's just blinding their memories to how God has been providing for them. Probably on that very day of complaint with bread from heaven, if not definitely the day before. Suffering blinds us to rem- from remembering God's past faithfulness to us, even recently. All that's within the last 90 days for them. But then there's doubt. There, there's doubt. We tend to doubt that God is going to help us in our most desperate moment I mean, yes, He helped us before. Yes, maybe He answered that prayer in the past. But this one, will, will He answer? Uh, and we, we doubt, that. no matter what God has done in the past, that He's going to help us in our current crisis, in our current prayer request, in our current desperate need. And not only that, our doubt skyrockets. Our doubt skyrockets when we look forward, and we look at our situation, and we cannot perceive or see any way that God is going to be able to rescue us from this, or see any way he's going to provide for us when we can't see uh, it coming? Then, then we, then we, we freak out and our and our doubt skyrockets. I mean, these people have they, they have no water at their campsite. They have there is no water at Mount Sinai for them. There is no water between here and Mount Sinai. The, 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 when they look at their path and when they know, Moses has been to Mount Sinai, that's where he, the, the burning bush, he's been there before. Like, the, the, there's no water, and yet God is leading them um, through all this way. But, family, God has a thousand ways to help you, to lead you, to provide for you, to intervene in your life, in your, in your situation. He, you don't. You have to be able to see how God can help you and provide for you. You don't have to know how. You don't have to be able to perceive how that's going to happen for him to be able to provide for you. Like I, I think about this rock here and I marvel at what is happening here. I marvel that, that, that God at the creation of the world put a massive lake under the ground at a particular spot. He put this massive lake, and he set it at this place where it would be easy for anybody to find, for Moses to find. I'm going to put a really big rock right there. And I'm going to put pressure there on this lake underground. And yeah, it's in the middle of the desert. Nobody will ever think that there's anything there. I'm going to hide it for centuries, for millennia. And I'm, but, but I'm going to have it prepared from the creation of the world for the moment when my people need it. And they will need it. They will die if they don't get this. But I am so aware of what my people are going to need, you know, a thousand years in the future, thousands of years in the future, that I have prepared their their provision of what they need, and I've hidden it throughout the centuries so that at the moment that they need it, I can bring it out just for them. We're like, God, I just can't see how you can help me. don't see your help on the way are you really with me I am so with you I've buried a lake for you just trust me keep following me I've got you I love the story of the rock I love the story of the rock I want to give you a tip If you ever find yourself in a moment of misery, like genuine misery, like what these people are, are facing, moment of misery, a moment where you're, you're just worried or you're, you're afraid or you're terrified, or you're, terrified or you're full of doubt or whatever, a moment where you, you look at your life and your situation and you're desperate, you're like, God, I need you. I need you now. I need your help. I, I need you so desperately right now. And you're worried if God's going to do anything or not. Uh, where the nation goes wrong here is in complaining. That's where they go wrong. They they start doubting that God is actually with them. But here's the right way to navigate miserable moments when, when you're afraid. Number one, these words. God is with me. You start with that declaration. No matter how I feel, no matter how miserable my moment, God is with me. God is with me. Don't doubt that one. Whatever else is going on, anchor yourself there. God is with me. Number two, ask. Don't complain. Ask, ask. The nation could have and should have. Asked God to provide water for them. Asking him to provide water. They just crossed the line. And instead, of, instead of crying out to God, they cried out against God. Instead of crying out to God, they cried out against God. Jesus says ask. This is how, what God wants us to ask. Ask for the miracles. Ask for the provision. Ask for the things that we need, like like water in this case. The Psalms are filled with examples of how to call on God in your misery moments. How to call on God in your afraid moments. How to call on God in your desperation moments. How uh, how to call on God when you desperately need Him to to help you without crossing the line into complaining. How to ask in your misery and call on God to help you. But again, ask. Cry out to God to help. Don't doubt that God is with you. Don't go there. And and, and don't, don't turn against God in your misery. So many lives get blown up by turning against God in their misery moments. Don't let that be your story. The map again. God has led the people to the blue circle. He has led them there, and they are following Him. They are following Him. He is leading them to the red square. They are following God. They are following God rightly, and and yet, they're miserable. Okay? uh, Make sure you have room that you can be following God and find yourself in a miserable, fearful moment. Okay? Okay? They're following God well, but they're they're miserable. If you are following God well, and you're finding yourself miserable, ask. Ask. And anger that God is with me. Who knows? There might be your own version of a hidden lake established before at the creation of the world to be there in the time you actually need it when you're desperate for it. If not a hidden lake, probably not an actual hidden lake. But God has got a thousand ways to help you. Your crisis has not thrown him off. He is prepared for your moment of need. He's got you. And he's with you. Here's the challenge today. I did this yesterday. Powerful stuff. I want you to take a picture of this rock. I know that you already have taken a picture of this rock. But if you can't find it, just Google Split rock Horeb, and you'll get a thousand of these pictures. Maybe not one with Joel. Those are special. But, but um, maybe so. You have the split rock of Horeb there. And I want you to place it in front of you. I'm thinking of Hezekiah. Hezekiah does this with a letter that he receives. I did this last night. Take a picture of the, the rock, and, and, I, and I had it on my, my iPad, and I put my hand on that. And, and I want you to call on the God who is with you. I just said, God, you are with me. Jesus, you are with me, and I ask you to take your miraculous power and answer my prayer request, my 40 days of prayer request. To, I, I, I ask you to intervene in, in the biggest prayer request of my moment here. And I want you to just remember the, 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 the testimony of the rock. Tap into the testimony of the rock. God, you were with the people when they doubted. You provided for them when they needed. it. Help me now answer my prayer. Give that a go. That's my challenge. I want to pray for you. In fact, why don't you all stand up with me and and, and uh, I want to pray for you here. Would you close your eyes with me and, and maybe you can have a talk with Jesus yourself here um, about this whole di- idea of like doubting if Jesus is with you. Maybe you need to be like, oh man, Jesus, I did the same thing thing that your people did, and I, and I find myself at different times doubting that you're with me. I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. I'm going to get that one right now. I'm just going to know, according to your word, that you are with me. But maybe you've not given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you just don't know if Jesus is with you. Well, then I encourage you to dedicate your life to Jesus. And to give your life to Him tonight. If that's you and and you you, want to make sure that Jesus is with you, even, even if you're kind of sure, just rededicate your life to Jesus right now or give your life to Jesus. Pray something like this, God, here I am. I dedicate the entirety of my life now to following you. Whether things go good or whether things are miserable, I'm going to follow you with my life. I'm, I want to do, I to commit my life, Jesus, to doing what you want me to do, how you want me to do it, whatever the cost. I, I will follow you. Forgive me. Help me. Heal me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. My life belongs to you. And for the rest of you, God, I, Father, I ask that you would pour out peace in this moment. That you, that you would pour out answered prayers. God, we, we look to the testimony of this rock. And, and we, we, we just say, doubt that Jesus is with us. Be gone forever from all of our hearts. And said, let the confidence of God's presence in our lives and his closeness to us uh, permeate us and be so obvious, an obvious mark of our lives henceforth. Not only do I, I, I pray that doubt would be away from us in the name of Jesus, but I also ask for, God, your provision, your help, your answered prayer. Hear and answer, answer swiftly, intervene in our in our prayer requests and our in our and our big ones and our small ones and all of them help us in Jesus name amen